Trades Work, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVito. Welcome to Trades Work, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast. We showcase the skilled trades our society depends on, the men and women of our industry who build our skylines, our community, and our future. On this week's episode, I'm pleased to have Todd Von Little in studio with me. Todd is with U.S. Engineering Construction. Todd joined the company in 1991 while attending Colorado State University's construction management program. He went from intern to project manager, division manager, and today his position is vice president of construction operations. He's also our board chair. I invited Todd on the show today for two reasons. First, his career has spanned across company operations, seeing projects from start to finish, and shows us just what is possible to accomplish in the industry today. And second, at U.S. Engineering, their mission is simple, to leave a legacy. Todd, thank you for being with us today. You bet, Dave. Thanks for having me. So talk to us a little bit about your career and why you chose this industry. My career started at U.S. Engineering quite a bit before 1991. Um, my cousin actually worked for U.S. Engineering as a project manager, 14, when I was slip-sheeting drawings in the upper conference room in Loveland on Southeast 8th Street. Slip-sheeting drawings, you, you update all the, the drawings with the latest RFIs and any of the changes that had happened. Without the new technology today, you had to do all that by hand. And that was my job when I was 14 years old uh, on a Saturday and Sunday. Wow. I can't believe that was legal. <laughs> and buildings still work today because of your work? <laughs> well, that's part of what we're going to talk about a little later. <laughs> now part of my legacy is tearing uh, out some of the systems that we put in back then and replacing them with new, more efficient ones that, uh, that they didn't have back then. Speaking of back then, tell us about the industry and how it's changed over the last two decades. I think the, the industry's changed incredibly over the last 20 years, but really over the last five years, I think it's changed more than it has in the past 30. And that's really due to all the technology changes. Everywhere from we're drawing the, the buildings earlier, we're, we're fabricate, prefabricating them, so the buildings are built before we ever show up on site. With all that data that it takes to get that up and running, the buildings are being built faster and more effective. We have a lot less waste. In the end, we have a better building. So are these drawings like Tinker Toy type of arrangements where you're trying to draw parts of the building or the whole building? Or talk a little bit more about that. We actually know what the entire building is going to look like before we step foot on site. We know where every hanger goes. We know where every piece of pipe goes. We know where how many fittings we need in every, every job before we step on site. Why do they do that now? We do that now for a, quite a few reasons. First of all, we, we mitigate a lot of the wasted uh, steps that we used to take looking for materials. We, we call it work packing. We take every piece that belongs in a room and take it to that area before that, that wall's ever built or anything. Um, so when we walk on site, when our professionals walk on site to install it, they know exactly where it goes and what needs to be there every time. Mm. 
That's pretty interesting. And, and so efficiencies sound to be driving productivity as well. Unbelievably. It's all built virtually before we ever step on site. So we don't have to tear things back out because they don't fit or they're, they're installed incorrectly. We, we take that out of the mix. With the new technologies, we're able to hone in and be able to have the the subcontractor sequenced in such a way that we know where each one of them is going to be and where our piece of the puzzle is. That's fascinating. So you you've literally are building our skylines. So talk about how this industry has changed from you being 14 doing stuff by hand or a manual process to you know kind of where that process is today. Talk about it then and talk a little bit about that same process today. How's it changed? I'll first start by talking the safety side of it. Safety is paramount with U.S. engineering. Back when I started with U.S., safety was always in the forefront. But today, by pulling everything forward and knowing how many people we will, we will need on site, how, how many labor hours we need to install each work pack that we have, we can now make sure that we have the proper tools, we can make sure we have the proper training, all that stuff for every team member. And we've actually been able to put more people in our manufacturing facility. The evolution of, uh, of a safety culture is really what we've been focused on and bringing the jobs into the manufacturing facility so it's in a controlled environment. We don't have less jobs, the people are just doing a job differently. And that's really where we've focused our time, energy, and resources to move more work off-site. So manufacturing facility, you, you, I heard that word. Um, so what, what is that? Is that where you build all the stuff that goes into these packs that then goes out onto your job sites? It is. Everything is drawn in our virtual construction department. It's reviewed and approved by our foremen that are on site, and then it is sent back to our manufacturing facility. We call it work packed, that all everything is put together into care packages so nobody's looking for a nut or a bolt on the job site. They don't have to go downstairs, uh, walk through mud, dig through boxes, and find something. It's right there for them every time. So these construction manufacturing jobs are in facilities that are heated, dry, cool. And with very nice restrooms and uh, locker rooms where they can mm-hmm. change clothes and they're, they're able to be, like you say, air conditioned in the summer and, uh, and heated during the winter. And we like to say 72 and sunny every day. Great. So you've probably seen a lot of projects built in your career. Tell me about some of your favorites and why. That's an interesting one. Um, the most recent one that I would say I'm really most proud of, and it's not be just because of the, the job itself, it's because of how many people came together to make it happen, and that's the field hospital for the COVID facility at the convention center. That was a job that when we got the call, there wasn't a single company, person, anybody that didn't ask, how can I help? The unknown that we were facing at that time, the unknown we were looking at was driving ingenuity in so many different ways. I got calls from competitors. I got calls from other general contractors. I got calls from vendors and suppliers to say, how can I help? That's what I found most interesting. You just don't see that much in these days of anybody saying, what can I do to help? Mm. And we, in 17 days, we put 1,200 beds into the convention center and we, we piped over four miles of oxygen and we built temporary shower facilities for the hospital staff and we had enough shower capability to give every patient a shower every 72 hours in that facility. 
Wow. 17 days. 17 days. Four miles of pipe, showers. I mean, just thinking now, we're talking about sourcing issues and supply chain issues. I mean, did you encounter any of that when you were putting that project together? We did because we weren't the only ones building. There, there was one in Fort Collins. There was one in Colorado Springs. But there was also facilities being built in Memphis and in quite a few other areas. There's a, only a finite number of med gas valves in the United States at one time. We, we were able to source what we needed on that project due to the fact ours was one of the first ones. Our valves were later actually taken out and, and taken to another facility that was used in a different manner within about five months after we built the facility. That's amazing. That sounds like a good project. Any others that come top of mind? There's just so many. At the time, you're thinking, man, I just can't wait to to see the end of this job. And then when it's done, you're thinking, I had such a fun time building it. Um, so one other one is just right down the street from here. It's the, we called it the Rare Performing Arts Center when we built it. It's now called the King Center. That was an interesting job just because of the sound requirements. We actually tested all the air handling units in the parking lot of the King Center before we installed them to make sure that they met the requirements of the building before we ever installed them. Hmm. That was an interesting situation. We had to run temporary power to the units to get them up and running. And that generated noise in itself. So then you had to mitigate that. So every part of it was just a different mm. different phase of it. But that was a very interesting job. Well, and if I, my memory serves me correct, I took a look at your guys' portfolio of past projects. You also built the Denver Art Museum just down the street here. Um, and that thing has more angles and curves. And that had to be a fascinating project. That was an incredible project. And the people that were working on that still say that was one of their favorite ones just due to the fact that there was so many different climate areas, the climate zones where art's stored versus the the areas where it's displayed. Every area has a different climate, hmm. and it's very interesting that way. Let's switch subjects a little bit. One of the things that I think uh, we talked about earlier is U.S. Engineering's mission to leave a legacy. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to U.S. Engineering? The mission to leave a legacy spans back over five generations of the Knotberg family. U.S. Engineering was founded in 1893, and nothing they've done was for short-term game. That's what I believe uh, today, looking back on it. They always had a vision of what is in the future. I really think that that is what everybody looks at when they say, should we go after a job? Should we change our portfolio to do this type of work? What do we do to do that? And it's never for a short-term gain. It's for the people that we work with and for the communities we work in. Quite honestly, even now we look at what the environmental impact is on our decisions to do that. So it sounds like it's uh, it's a business strategy as well as a philanthropic strategy for the company as well. Am I correct? It is. Part of what U.S. Engineering does today is we, we really try to spend, I would say, at least 20% of our time, our, our work week, on doing things outside of our normal job. Just take, for instance, the job we did lately for the Adams County Human Services. People are back in their home because of what U.S. Engineering is able to do for them. They have a safe, healthy home, and they have the proper plumbing. They have the 
proper heating and cooling in that house because of what U.S. engineering can do. That's where I get a lot of my joy today is nobody in our organization needs to explain why they're doing what they're doing when it's a philanthropic event. That's a great mission. Hats off to U.S. engineering. So as an advocate for our industry, which I've seen you do many times, tell us what you tell policymakers or elected officials about us. I think one of the main things I, I like to talk to the policymakers about is if it's only good for labor or if it's only good for business, it's not good policy. It needs to be good for both. When it's good for both, that policy will, will take off and thrive. I look at what we're doing with the WSCC right now. It had both labor and businesses. Because of what we've done, it's got incredible momentum. And I can't wait to see what it does in the future. And without the elected officials, this wouldn't have gone to where it's at today. That's a fair statement. So what advice do you have for people considering a profession, whether they go into you know, business or financial industry or our industry? Uh, are we a good choice? And, and if so, how so? I would say yes. It's an unbelievable career choice. Um, first of all, what I would tell people is talk to people in each of the different trades, electrical, sheet metal, plumbing, piping, any of the trades before you make a decision and, and make that based on what your passion is. The people we work with love building America. They show up every day because they want to do something to change the skyline like you stated before. My kids always ask me, what, what buildings did you, were you part of? And the pride that I, that I have for each one of those buildings and because of the company I work with doing it, it makes me keep coming back every day. I've been with U.S. Engineering. This is my 30th year, and I can't think of a better place to ever work. It's, I've been, been around the block a few times at this point. Speaking of that, what is the best part of your job? Uh, I think the best part of my job is watching the people that we work with grow and become the best versions of themselves and us giving them the opportunity to do that, whether it's through a philanthropic event, through letting them explore other options, opportunities within the organization or even outside the organization. And we, we, we send people back to school if they, if they change their mind of, of what they want to be doing. We were able to do any of that stuff. The thing I find most uh, rewarding right now is finding my replacement. I want somebody to say that I want I want your job. I, I want to go to that level, and I want to I want to be in that seat. I want to make it look fun, exciting, and rewarding to do that job. That's great. Well, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate this. All right, thank you so much for joining us today. In future episodes, we'll explore the industry, hear success stories, learn more about technological advances and gain a glimpse of what's next. Stay tuned for more industry insights, news, and information about the women and men building our communities, building our skylines, and building our future. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.